this morning, and um, what it's been staggering, hasn't it, just to watch the generosity unlocked in a nation of people. Uh, they're just unlocking generosity in all sorts of manifest ways, not just finance, but also practical stuff, like people are just like mobilising their everyday life to respond to people in need. And, it, and uh, i got to say, you know, I think that is, uh, and I think Scott said it great, you know, that is part of who we are as a people. God's made us to be a generous people as a country. We are, we are a generous people. Um, and I think at the same time, in times like this, moments like this of, of great difficulty as a nation, um, it's also a time where God sort of peels back the veil, for want of a better word, or he opens the, the eyes of people's hearts to actually see the redemptive picture of the identity of a nation, where all of a sudden it's not just people reaching into their pocket to throw some money or whatever. It's actually God opening the eyes of a people to actually say, this is who you really are. This is what I've made you for. I've made you to be a people of incredible generosity for the sake of this country and for the sake of the world in the story of God. And... Um, it's, it's great how the Holy Spirit uses moments like this to help us capture that sense of um, God-redemptive identity. This morning, I want to continue to push in a little bit into this idea of living the future that we started to unpack last week together and how being in a relationship with Jesus means that we get to live in the dynamic rule and reign of the future promises of God today. The inbreaking of the kingdom of God has come in the birth of a child, God taking on flesh, and in that moment, God is signalling to the world, both in words and in action, that my kingdom has come and I'm here to bring the future promises into your life right here, right now. And I want to continue to unpack that a little bit. Last week we used the illustration. You can see the picture up there of the two, two surfers out there in the, in the waves sitting on the surfboards. About It's a bit like we use the illustration of surfing. And when you go surfing, you spend time like these, these guys here um, sitting looking with a sense of expectation of what's the next wave going to be? What's it going to be like? Is that the wave that I'm going to posture myself to catch or am I going to wait for the next one? And, um, and often, um, if you've had any sort of a history in surfing, you know, often it's a, it's a really, for many surfers, it's a brag to who has the best story of the best wave of the day. So usually it's like, you know, you want to get the first wave because you, and you want it to have the best story so that everyone has to have the catch-up. Um, but the, the reassuring reality is, in the things of God, there is always another wave for you to catch, and that you've not missed the waves of God in your life. Often we think about those prophetic words and utterances that people have prayed and seen and spoken over our lives that have come straight from God's heart and often we feel like, oh, I missed that wave. 
No, no, it's still there in the set. And God in his kindness continues to revisit in all of the seasons and stages of our lives those prophetic purposes of why he's called you into a relationship with Jesus and why he's called you to partner with Jesus in where he's planted your life here in this town, in this region, in this country for his greater glory and your joy. Um, now, last weekend, we, we dealt with the issue of the fact that really, God, you've, you've not missed the wave. God will always bring another wave because he's true to fulfilling his promises to us. And we see that right from the start of the book. Uh, this, this week, I've had just such a great joy spending a lot of time in the book of Genesis, particularly the the, the second bit of Genesis from chapter 12 through to 50. And I've just been reading it over and over again of just this incredible dysfunctional story of people, yet at the same time, the relentless, uh, unstoppable faithfulness of the promise of God to bring about what God said he would do. And he, he just time and time again, in the limited nature of who people are, God overwhelms that with his faithfulness and says, don't worry, my promises will keep coming and they'll keep coming and they'll keep coming. And at times, you know, people feel like they've missed it or messed it up. And you read that story of Genesis and it's like the faithfulness of God is bigger than our ability to mess up what he's asked us to carry. You've got to hear that for your life. You've really got to hear that for your life. The faithfulness of God is greater to, to see through everything um, than, even than our best ability to carry what he's asked us to carry. He's a good God. And, and last week we took, took a little bit of time to explore this idea of at this point in time, in our cultural moment, God is calling us to be the people of Jesus who are a non-anxious people at a time and a cultural moment where the narratives of the world and even in our own story as Australians right now, a lot of people are living from a place of anxiety, anxious about the safety of their their homes with the fires, anxious about the safety of their future with regards to their financial well-being, anxious about the safety of their children as they're seeing culture shift and bend and move. There is a gazillion reasons to be anxious. And, you know, you could, you, if I took a little bit of a test poll through the room right now and said, let's start over here and finish over here, just for every person, just yell out one thing that you are wrestling with anxiety. We could fill the notepad up with anxiety all these things of anxiety. But it's in the context of that that the message of Jesus and his kingdom comes where God says, I'm, I'm calling you to my kingdom story, my kingdom life, and it's not one of anxiety. It's one of unstoppable, relentless faithfulness and promise. And we looked at that and how Jesus is calling us to be an un, a non-anxious people who in the context of anxiety, we speak that the kingdom of God is at hand. We bring good news. We manifest that good news by partnering with the power of the Holy Spirit, with signs, wonders, our resources, our time, our energy, our families. We bring the good news of God into the anxiety of our world. 
And we looked at that in the context of John chapter 5, verse 19, where Jesus, living in his context, if he's our model of what it means to be a human being living under the faithfulness of the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit as the Son of Man, Jesus is illustrating for us what it means to be a non-anxious presence in a very anxious world. And he calls us to live likewise with him in the power of the Spirit. And Jesus used this phrase, um, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. So there's this deep sense of intimacy where Jesus knows the Father's heart, Jesus knows the Spirit of the Lord on his life, and Jesus knows that daily living in an anxious world requires intimacy with God and living out of that place and into the world. And that's what we're called to as the people of Jesus, as the people of the kingdom of God. Now, um, I was thinking back a little about uh, this, uh, this week, about three years ago, Di Hocking came to us. She's the senior pastor of the Yarra Valley Vineyard down in Victoria. And Di came to us and she um, spoke this message out of um, Luke 19 to us about being stewards of the kingdom of God. But one of the prophetic words that she said to us was this. She said, don't play it safe, Pine Rivers Vineyard. And that was in September of 2016. Don't play it safe. And this week, the Lord just brought that to mind. Because in anxious times, what we tend to want to do is let's just lock it all down and hope that it goes away. And then we'll come back up again and pretend that never happened. And we tend to live life like that. That's not the life of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is one of faith. And you'll remember that. If you haven't heard it before, you'll hear it for the first time now. You might have he be hearing this for the millionth time. One of the Wimberisms that John said many years ago was that faith is spelt R-I-S-K, risk. That's the nature of following King Jesus, a life of faith where we risk following him into what he's already doing in the world. And he's inviting us to be a non-anxious presence. And I just wanted to remind us of that again this morning. And that, it, that the Holy Spirit, even as soon as three years ago, as recent as three years ago, said, hey, don't play it safe, Pine Rivers Vineyard. Don't, don't, don't lock down and try and control and minimise risk. Risk following the way of Jesus. For some of you this morning, you know, Scott's inviting you to come be a part of the School of Kingdom Ministry. And you're going to have to... There's this sense of risking. Is that you speaking to me, God? Well, go and check it out. Go and visit the taster session and find out. But as recent as late last year, another person from our church just came up quietly to, to me and sent me a little message and said, I feel like the Holy Spirit said this to us during worship today. Whoop. And it was out of Revelation 3, verse 8, where God was speaking to the church at Philippi. And he said this, I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. And I know that you have little strength, yet you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. 
it's like in 2016, the prophetic invitation from the heart of God is now more than ever, people of Jesus, don't play it safe. Risk the way of Jesus. The world needs you for that. And then comes this little prophetic reminder from uh, Revelation 3. And if, if you know anything of the long story, the 25-year long story of this church, in the very first 12, few months of when this church started to form, some people came and visited one Sunday and they said, we feel like the word that the Lord just keeps speaking over you is the word Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And one of the inherent promises of God in that is the reminder that, hey, I've started something here. It doesn't matter how much the enemy or how much people will try and shut stuff down. I've opened up something here that will be relentless and eternal and will not be shut. And that's what you're sitting in today. And that's what God was reminding us of even just late last year at the tail end of 2019, prior to all of the anxiety of what the nation's walking through right now. It's like, don't play it safe. You're in a story that is unstoppable. You are being invited right now into a relationship with a non-anxious God so that we might be a non-anxious people. This is a great moment for us as the people of Jesus. One of the areas, though, uh, that I feel, I feel like that the Holy Spirit wants us to spend just a little bit of time on and a little bit of conviction on is, see, is, is this conversation again around our economic circumstances and the anxiety that pervades them all the time. And we just want to, at the start of a year, we just want to tell all that economic anxiety, hey, you're not the Lord of my life. King Jesus is, and I will follow him because I'm living in his faithfulness. I'm not living in the power of what you, economic monies, can provide. I'm living in the lordship of Jesus. Now, he does have an economy with regards to using our resources, and we'll touch on that as we go. But it's a, it's a time where we want to just get things just in line so that we can have a sense of health. You know, it's, as a local church, we've seen God do amazing things in the area of mercy, we see nearly 8,000 people a year go through our little mercy centre, getting fed, cared for, prayed for, encouraged, um, healed, given community. We see here on a regular basis people being physically healed because we're a people who are given to the pursuit of the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in all that we do. Healing, emotional, mental, relational, social and economic, we see it. Worship, we're a people who love to worship King Jesus and that will continue to mature even as we go forward in 2020. It's my conviction that you and I as the people of King Jesus have stewarded this well, all of this well, but now, and there is a grace upon us, but there is also another wave of God that is inviting us to in terms of how we use our economic resources that is blessed to our life as a local church. And it's, there's a wave coming. So I'm going to invite you to come and join us as we ride that wave of financial kingdom health. We are living at a, in our, our kingdom life story in the context of a world that it lives under spiritual and, mature, and material anxiety, but we live as the people who have been set free in the Jesus. And right now, the Father's calling us as his children to a lifestyle of participating with him 
in financial generosity. And we're seeing that all over the country, even now. God's inviting us to something even more. I want to just spend some time on that because I think the Lord has a great invitation of freedom for all of us. But before we go there, I do want to just have a little stop here and say thank you. Thank you to God and thank you for those of you who've journeyed with us here at the Vineyard for as many years that you've been here and you've been financially generous. I want to say thanks to the various church boards and people that work and pray and administer and seek the Holy Spirit alongside Nicole and I as we we seek to put all of these resources to God's work and his greater glory. I want to say thank you right there. So let's move on. Derek Morphew, a theologian of the vineyard from South Africa, he made this statement in his book, Breakthrough. He said, it's not possible to see the world, creation, mankind and life through the eyes of the kingdom and remain petty or small-minded when man's or woman's mind is shaped by the kingdom. They become great visionary and expansive thinkers. If we were to take a moment and just talk with Jesus, all of us, individually, in this moment just now, I'm confident for everyone in this room, since coming into the kingdom through repentance and faith to Christ, our worlds, we would be able to testify that our life and our world has constantly been shaped according to the love and kindness of King Jesus. His forgiveness, his grace, his power, his capacity, his resources. He has been faithful and true. God has been at work among us all. And now we sit here at this really awesome moment in time where, where we can live with him into the fullness of expanding our kingdom experience in this area of resource. You know, we've seen God expand our lives from, I remember the first time I prayed for someone with their pinky finger and it got healed. And I can remember the time from that journey to the time where I prayed with a person and they were completely healed of stomach cancer. The journey of expansion from a pinky finger that was sore and arthritic to cancer being completely healed out of a person's body. That's an expanded journey. God took us on a journey for that. God's taken us as a people on that journey for the healing ministry as well. We've seen expanded experiences of seeing people who have been caught in poverty come into greater freedom economically and relationally. We've seen expanding experience of seeing marriages healed and restored. We have seen experiences of children coming into an impersonal relationship with Jesus and into the kingdom of God. We've seen an expanded reality of people meet Jesus in this place, get equipped by Jesus in this place and go out from this place in the name and the authority of Jesus to continue his work in other parts of the country and the world expanding realities. This is what God wants to do with us. I can, I, our story is one of an expanding experience here as a little local church trying to raise enough money for a building deposit 10 years ago. That was $275,000 deposit at that time on a building that cost us $1.2 million. I can remember that. That was huge, considering we had no savings in the bank at the time when God said, follow me into this. And what a great story that was to then at the end of that be able to purchase this building. 
that was revalued even four years after we first purchased it from 1.2 to 1.5 and is now valued more than that again. And in the same process, we've seen the faithfulness of God through the generosity of you and you as the people of Jesus take a $925,000 loan reduced to 800000 while at the same time still ministering, still witnessing, still equipping and still resourcing people for life. That's a good story. That's a really good story of the faithfulness of God in the context of a world that says, no, nah, you couldn't do it even if you dreamed about it. Tell them they're dreaming. Yeah, we are, but we're dreaming in the kingdom of God. That's the situation that we're sitting in. It's been wonderful to see the expanding reality of generations of children who've gone from being born in this place to who are now, there's about seven of them, even today, up on the Sunshine Coast, seeking God together to plan to reach a whole generation of young people in our local schools. They're up there right now. We've got seven of them, our youth team. They're born here, and now they carry the kingdom for themselves. What a great story of God. Now, let me say at the same time, on the other side of that coin has been the frustrating, difficult, and painful story as well of, of children who have chosen, even though they've met, met Jesus, grown up and say, no, I don't want Jesus. That's a hard reality to walk through, but we don't lock down. We don't get reserved. We choose to be a people of faith, following King Jesus, risking that he knows what he's doing. And we're in a story with a door that's open that no one can shut. How good is that? There are very few things in this world that come with reassurance, but the Lordship of Jesus is one that does bring reassurance. Jesus, in the area of our finances, is yet again calling us, come on, catch another wave with me and learn what it means to be a non-anxious steward of my kingdom and the resources I've given you to build my kingdom. A non-anxious person in the kingdom of God, expansive and visionary in that very area. We live at a a really um, interesting time here in Pine Rivers, don't we? It's like we were the oldest part of town, particularly here at Lawton and Strathpine, but now all of a sudden it's like everyone's pouring in their money because the university just down the road is on its way. In fact, it opens in like another few weeks' time and the first round of thousand or so students are going to be there studying. And even like literally closer than, closer than the university that's less than two kilometres away, about 500 metres at the end of the street. Have you seen what's happening there? There's a, um, a couple of thousand people are going to be moving in there over the next couple of years to find a home there. God is calling us to get visionary, expansive. Why would God plant people in the oldest part of Pine Rivers, in the oldest industrial estate of Pine Rivers, 10 years ago when he said, hey, buy this thing, this is why. We're we're stepping into this non-anxious moment following God as his people in this place. There is so much um, exciting development taking place all around us in the natural 
housing developments, universities, young people moving into town, other people that God seems to be putting it on their heart to move countries, to come and live in Australia, and then even to come and hang out here at a local church called Pine Rivers Vineyard. People who God's calling from other parts of Australia to come and find home among what he's doing here with us as his people. It's a great time to be a part of what God's doing and to learn how to partner with him financially. So here's our context and here's our situation. We live in a time where our television, our radio, our newspapers, our social media and everything else wants to tell us all of the significant and the good financial management and proper ways to use our money for our well-being. The right insurance cover to have, the right health cover to have, the right superannuation to have, the right way to invest your money in shares or homes or business ventures, the best way to pay your tax or minimise it, the best way to structure your small business to maximise profit and advance um, your, your freedom. How We live in a context where investment and money and retirement are all big conversations. And the point is, with all of this advertising, it's because money matters. Money matters to our culture. Money matters to our culture. Money, in fact, is the point that our culture gathers around and what it can do and what it can afford you. Unfortunately, money wants to be king and the centre and the thing that gives our, we give all our attention to. And it wants to dictate as to how we feel and respond Money's important, but money's not the king. King Jesus is the king. And before we get to talking too much into the Bible and money, I thought it would be really good just to quickly remind ourselves of the big kingdom story that we live in in, the Bible, in today that the Bible talks about. The biblical story of God, his creation to us, and the way that he's ordered his creation Eventually, I'll tackle all sorts of little questions about what the Bible encourages us to in using money for God's glory, for our joy, for the flourishing of our families, for the building up of the church, and for the advancing of God's salvation work in our region. I'll build up to all of that and how and who and where and what should I do. We'll we'll walk all through all of that sort of stuff. But this is a wave that I think God would like us to just ride for a little bit before we go out and catch the next wave, okay? For the most of us, we've inherited our tools for handling money through many different sources. For some of us, our family showed us how to use our money. For some of us, trauma and difficulty has shaped how we use money. For some of us, we're people with great vision that drives how we want to use our money. For others, we are racked with fear and anxiety, and that determines how we use money. And as Christians, we want to look to the Bible as our life-giving, leading authority as to how we might handle money. There's a lot in the Bible about money. You do know that. I was just looking it up the other day. There's like 2,350 references to money and finance in the Bible. I think the Bible has a bit to say about it. Let's just start from this point this morning. Um, C.S. Lewis said this. Every faculty you have, your power of thinking or moving your limbs from the moment to moment, 
is given you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively for his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, already his. (laughs) He's a big God. He's a really big God. But he is one of relationship, and he does invite us into relationship with him. Let's have a quick look at some of what the Bible says, just very quickly. The big stuff, the big framework. Psalm 24.1, King David wrote it like this. He said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It doesn't mean it's behaving as though it belongs to the Lord. But nonetheless, like children out of control and under the influences of all sorts of external pressures and realities, God hasn't given up. He still owns it. It's still his. And he's not running away from his redemptive plans and purposes. The, Lord, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and those who live in it. That's the NIV. The Living Bible says it like this. The earth belongs to God. Everything in all the world is his. And the message says it like this. God claims the earth and everything in it. God claims the world and all who live in it. I remember that moment when I met Jesus and I had that really great encounter where he took my heart and in exchange, he gave me his. Where, you know, Paul uses those words in Galatians 2.20 that have become a life verse for me. I've been crucified with Jesus. I no longer live, but Jesus lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. I really love watching people give their lives to Jesus. And I really love watching them make a public confession of their faith through baptism. And in that moment, they're telling the world that, hey, guess what? By faith, I'm dying to who I once was and I thought what it meant to be a flourishing human being and I'm rising up to what it really means to live a full life as a human being in the faithfulness of God in Jesus Christ. I love watching that stuff. It stirs my heart every time I see it. And that's that same reality that the story of our finances is in that moment as well. That when we were baptised, so was our money. So was our whole story. I love it. There's some old cartoons. I, I love, you know, it's like people getting baptised and you can see them in the water, but they're holding above the waterline their wallet, you know, <laughs> while they're trying to get baptised. I just think that's a crack up. God has, has a bit of a laugh about that stuff. But the reality is everything, everything went under the water with Jesus. And everything goes under the water with us in Jesus by faith, by risking the way of King Jesus. Some people tell me, I can't afford to be generous with my money. My response to that is, you don't understand the kingdom of God if that's your posture. The posture of the kingdom of God is complete generosity all of the time. And the scriptures has a, poverty is not a, a, a disqualifier from participating financially generously towards the work of the kingdom of God. And we'll touch on some of that along the way. But here is where I just want us to start. Here in this place, realising that we are a non-anxious people, dipped in, baptised in, submerged in the faithfulness of God in Jesus Christ, and we're rising up into a new life where God owns everything. He's a good king. We're in his living story. We're in something that has taken place, is taking place, and will take place, and nothing can stop it. 
and we can live in a non-anxious way in the midst of that and flourish. As followers of King Jesus, God owns everything, including you, including me. As followers of Jesus as Lord and King is to say, I am not my own. In fact, I gave myself away to God so that God could give me a whole new me. And I'm completely brand new. I am in the person of Jesus and now his presence, his power and his spirit flows through me and everything I do. When I, when you get to the money talk, everyone gets edgy and they always want to like, oh, the money talk. Because, you know, it's our history, it's our baggage, it's our trauma, it's our bankruptcies, it's our dysfunctional experiences of finance. All of that wants to just all of a sudden come to the surface and it wants to start talking to you. But I'm going to ask you that you might, even as this morning we sang that song, give your all to Jesus. There is freedom. I'm going to ask you to bring all of your history of of small businesses that haven't worked, of, of bad, poor financial decisions that left, led you in big debt and scratching your head and it's like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. Um, decisions that you've made with money that ha- has, has um, had you bound up and wound up and anxious. And I want to invite you this morning to bring it all to Jesus because he has a whole new story for you to rise up into in him. It's a way of life. You know, you can do principled living without relationship. I'm not talking about doing principled living. I'm talking about being in relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and the conversation of what he's actually doing in your life right now and what he's inviting you to do as his kingdom is advancing in the earth. That's what I'm inviting you into in this conversation around money at the start of a new year. Not, not principles, don't walk out of here with, okay, here's the five principles and if I just do the principles, it'll all be right. No, 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 no. There, there's some, you know, tick sheet stuff. Yeah, that's helpful, that's helpful. But ultimately... All of that flows out of relationship with God. It's a way of life. Um, Let me just finish off with this. It's a way of life, not necessarily a principled um, structure that we're trying to explore here. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his rule and reign, his presence, his righteousness in your life. And these things of his kingdom will be added to you. It's a way of life, trusting our Father to meet our needs because he intimately knows our needs. Look at the birds of the air, Matthew 6, 26. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? It's, an, it's a non-anxious way of life, of experiencing the adventure of relationship, participation and accountability with God in a way that we get to use the, in, the resources that is entrusted to our care. And just like in Luke 19, he'll actually t- come back and he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? 
And he's not asking that from a perspective of disqualification. He's looking and asking that from the perspective of affirmation that you got it, that you trusted him, and that you risked believing that he was good. It's a non-anxious way of life and a faith-filled adventure for our future well-being. Therefore, Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore, do not worry. Do not worry. Or we could say it like this, Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. So for this morning, again... We just want to begin this journey of being these non-anxious kingdom of God stewards. Non-anxious stewards of God's kingdom, and particularly in our area of finance and resourcing. But what this really requires is a revelation from Jesus of just how faithful and just how good his Father really is when he invites you to come on this journey with him. Remember how Jesus said this in John 5? I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. This morning is an invitation from the Holy Spirit to come bring a revelation from Jesus as to the goodness of your father in heaven. And that as Jesus' people... He's inviting us as we get on this next wave with him to exchange our way of how we think the wave of finance should look in our life and we're going to risk letting him inform that with the wave of his kingdom and faithfulness and love for our life. So you've got to let go to get on. You've got to risk letting the wave of the Father's love lead your life. Who's had the chance to get to the beach this summer? Anyone had a chance to get? Can I just, like, here's my recommendation of Discipleship 101 from Kirk Delaney this week. Go to the beach and go and sit in the waves for a little bit, will you? I know some of you might like, like salt water or seaweed or sand between your toes, but just, like, Bear with it and just go, if, you get the, if you've got the time, just go and get in the surf and let the waves just wash over you for a bit. Just let, it, let the rhythm of the waves wash over you and let the conversation of the love of God for your life in regards to his provision and your joy of administrating all of his resources, let that pick you up and catch you a little bit. Let it lift you up and move you in the joy of what that water and the waves doing. Nick and I, we just, like, on Thursday morning, I was like, let's go. Quickly jumped in the car up the coast and we were, like, in the surf. And we just lay in the surf for a few hours, just letting it wash over us and bob over us. And, And we're just like, this is so therapeutic on one level, and yet it opened up for us a whole conversation of love and trust with God and with each other as we begin moving into this new year and with regards to our financial well-being and everything that we want to do as a mum and a dad for our kids and how that looks for them going forward. God is into all of that. But this week's encouragement, or maybe if you're not into jumping into the waves, go down to uh, um, 
maybe Sutton's Beach there at Redcliffe, and just some people like to paddle at the water's edge, you know, just let the waves wash over your feet a little bit. Just let it wash over you a bit, all right? Forget everything else I said today, remember that, because when you get to the beach, you'll remember, because God's going to reinterpret that for you of an invitation of his loving kindness to you and to me and to us as a people, to following him with our resources. God is inviting you and I at the start of this year into an expanded generosity of being non-anxious in the area of our finances with God and with each other for the sake of everything that he's doing in our region and the world. And I want to say, let's get on board with that this year.